Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. We are standing by right now waiting for Daniel Seckham. He'll be joining us on the air in just a moment from Australia. So uh, also looking, <clears throat> failed to post to Facebook. Here's with Omega Radio. Your content couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards. So we're not really sure what that means. Um, we're just going to have to keep on keep it on here. So let's just remove that from there and uh, we'll save the changes. So we are probably only broadcasting on YouTube, whatever uh, that notice meant. We got it last night that uh, we've violated some community standards on Facebook. And this is why we have been preparing Rev Media. We'll be talking much more about that. Um, We'll continue on Blog Talk Radio and we'll be shifting to some other platforms as we go. So um, this is part of the plan. So it's a good plan. All right. So uh, as soon as Daniel gets on the line, we'll be able to move forward with him. In the interim, I'm reading out of the Epoch Times, a very interesting article, and it's uh, concerning the CCP advisor uh, revealed detailed plan to defeat the United States. And the CCP, of course, is the Chinese Communist Party. And the Chinese Communist Party advisor again, revealed detailed plan to defeat the United States. These are steps outlined by Communist Party advisor to overthrow the United States include manipulating elections. Very interesting. Uh, Here's the article. A leading Chinese professor who is also an advisor to the Chinese Communist Party 
laid out a comprehensive plan for the communist regime to overtake the United States as the world's superpower. The professor's multi-pronged strategy involves a range of malign actions to subvert the United States while strengthening the Chinese regime. They include interfering in U.S. elections, controlling the American market, cultivating global enemies to challenge the United States, stealing U.S. technology, expanding Chinese territory, and influencing international organizations. And Jim Canrong, or Jin Camrong, a professor and associate dean of the School of International Studies at Beijing's Renmin University of China, explained the plan in a July 2016 speech on Sino-U.S. strategic philosophy. The speech, recently uncovered by the Epoch Times, was given over two full days at Southern Club Hotel business class in South China's Guangzhou City. Quote, we want to be the world's leader, Jin said, explaining Chinese leader Xi Jinping's desire for a national rejuvenation of the country. Dubbed teacher of the state by Chinese netizens, Jin is a prominent scholar known for his fiery anti-U.S. rhetoric. He's an advisor to several CCP organizations, including two powerful bodies, the Organization Department and the United Front Work Department, although it's unclear how close he is to Z. So, again, just a little beginning of an uh, Epoch Times article. I see my brother is here with us. Let's bring Daniel on to the air. Good morning, Daniel. How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We got kicked off Facebook. Woohoo! We joined the, we joined the, the barrage. You got kicked off Facebook. So, in other words, you got banned by them? Yeah, they just said that our content was a violation of community something. Community services. Yeah. Right. So, okay. anyways. The, <laughs> community services. Community comes from the word communal, which comes, which is also from the word commune, which is where you get the word communism. Ah. It's from the communist standards they don't like what we're saying <laughs> that's it yeah. they don't like what you're talking about that's right well I'm, I'm sad that happened um but you know what these are urgent times and i guess when you, you imagine light is shining on the darkness they don't like it very much but uh, like <clears throat> there's a lot of squalor going on out there how are you doing today yeah doing good doing well um so i um yeah i can't complain um, there's a lot of things that are going on in my world at the moment. So yeah, positive things and, uh, good. Yeah. Tell us about yeah, them. What's happening? Well, um, still pursuing with a lot of my different uh, Bible studies that I'm doing, um, doing a lot of research, um, in regard, in regard to my book, still working on my book. So that's still coming along. Um, but yeah, so at the moment I'm in the middle of a Bible study on Daniel, just finishing it up, actually, just finishing up the study on, on, on the book of Daniel. Um, so, uh, we'll probably be launching into a new study next week, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Awesome. So staying busy, <clears throat> kind of watching things, how they're, how they're yeah. all moving. Uh, are you amazed at the biblical, uh, wisdom 
and the revelation of Scripture as to what things are looking like in the world today? Is it pretty phenomenal or what? <clears throat> it is. It is phenomenal. Um, we are seeing the ratcheting up of tension um, with, with, with obviously with China at the moment. Um, China is becoming extremely belligerent at the moment. Um, you might remember last month when China had the foreign affairs meeting with the Secretary of State Blinken, I think it was in Alaska. And basically that meeting was an absolute disaster. Mm. In fact, the Americans were laughed out of the room. Um, the kind of the Chinese had the upper hand. In fact, it was a bit of it, it was a it was a foreign policy disgrace. Um, basically, the Chinese was were saying that that Biden is weak. Biden is weak, and uh, and so should they be saying that because they played a, a significant role in ensuring that Trump wasn't going to get in. So um, now that they have their installed um, president, they can pretty much do what they want. Mm. They can pretty much do what they want and uh, getting away with it with impunity. And it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens if China decides to go ahead and invade Taiwan. I don't think, I don't think America will do much. If, uh, if, if China flexes its muscles and decides to <clears throat> invade Taiwan, I am almost certain that America will just stand by. I don't think it'll. I don't think um, Biden will have the courage to go to uh, to confront China. Interesting. Would you say is it safe to say that you know we've heard about Islam rising, and now we see China rising. We may see Russia rising, and so we're really seeing an uprising of biblical nations that have been foretold that in the last days would be very uh, powerful against the light. Do you see that taking place right now? Yeah, well, we, we're definitely seeing uh, China rise. One other thing I should mention is we are also seeing Iran rise. I mean, China wasn't just pleased to see Biden come to power. Iran was also very pleased to see Biden come to power. And Iran is spearheading its efforts in, in trying to um, develop their, uh, the nuclear, their nuclear bomb. Um, and it, it, they are basically applying pressure on the Biden administration to resume with the Iran deal, which will basically pave the way for it. It'll, it'll just make it easier for them to attain it. And uh, so uh, Iran has said that if they are going to negotiate, then they are then Biden has to walk back all of Trump's um, um, initiatives in regard to how they were handling um, Iran. So it, uh, it, the way that things are going at the moment, it looks like Biden will be pushing ahead to renew the Iran deal, which is an absolute disaster. Um, David Friedman, who was the previous um, ambassador from the United States to Israel, was asked point blank and said, what would be the implications of the of a Biden administration? And he and David Friedman said it would be a disaster. It will be a disaster. He said um, if that happens, um, the the Iran deal will very much be put back in place. And uh, he says and that will be a disaster for the region. 
Yeah. You know, all the all the pieces on the board, the shuffleboard, everybody's moving. The generals on both sides are moving. The kingdom of heaven is moving. God is moving. Uh, today here in America, we have protest again. We have a new strike against the Flint in the same spot a year ago with George Floyd. And we have an uprising here in the United States with Rashida Tlaib now and AOC calling for the total defunding of police. They don't want any uh, police. I mean, it's so ridiculous, and yet they speak it out. And what's amazing, sometimes speak. The, sometimes people speak these ridiculous things, and people go, that's crazy. And before you know it, it becomes a reality. What does that look like to defund the police and get rid of the police department in the United States? It is lunacy on an epic level. Lunacy on an absolute epic level. It is just like we're living in a parallel universe. We're we are literally living in Orwell's 1984. For them to get rid of the police is basically um, ushering in communism. Because who are they going to replace the police with? Well, they're going to replace the police with their own security organization, which will be completely um, partisan to their, their political ideology. So that is basically what they want to do, that they want to get rid of the police. What I should mention, which I think was really, really, really interesting, and this is what Alexander Solzhenitsyn said. He said this in his book, 200 Years Together. He said, and this is what he is commenting on in regard to the Bolsheviks. He said, attacks on the police is an old communist tactic to eliminate law enforcement, he says. The Bolsheviks successfully unleashed widespread attacks on the police in the run-up to the October Revolution. Wow. It almost sounds like the upcoming October Revolution again. I mean, uh, that is bizarre. So this is nothing new under the sun. This is a communistic tactic, and the target is the United States of America. So what is the end game for the Communist Party uh, to overthrow the United States from its sovereignty, its independence, its capitalism, its uh, biblical ideology and principles. What is the, where, where is it going, Daniel? What do you see? Well, there is a singular goal for them, but there is also multiple different. It's multi. It's also multifaceted as well. So the the ultimate goal is to overwhelm America with so much regulation, with so much. Um, um, pressure. Basically, they want America to die by the death of a thousand cuts. Mm. They want America to die by the death of a thousand cuts. In other words, they will they will attack America from a thousand different directions and in, in a thousand different ways. Uh, look, you've got the left. They have infiltrated your judicial system. And so they've got people within the judicial system. They've got judges. They've got or people in all different areas, including your Supreme Court, who are compromised mm. and, uh, and who are working for the left's agenda. The same in the education system. In the, educa- in the U.S. Education Department, they are completely bought and sold uh, by the left. The left have completely dominated the American education system to the point now where they're even saying that facts, ev- uh, empirical evidence, is a product of the patriarchy. Is a, is a product of racism. It needs to be eliminated. Evidence, scientific evidence, is a product of racism and <clears throat> a, a, a product of, this, of, of white supremacy. 
ridiculous. Yeah. But the communists have infiltrated it, and they're and they're infiltrating the law enforcement. They've infiltrated the Department of Justice. Infiltrated all your three-letter um, uh, in, intelligence agencies. So they, it's it's the death of a thousand cuts. It's basically it's closing in on all different angles. And to the it's it's they're gradually suffocating America. And uh, but there is also that singular goal that I mentioned previously. And the singular goal is the revolution. It is the revolution. That's what they're pushing for. That's what they're working towards. Um, and so they want to. They are doing everything they can to destroy the First Amendment in regard to freedom of speech and freedom of religion, but they're also working hard to destroy the Second Amendment as well. They want to destroy that, and um, they're working hand in glove to remove those things as soon as they possibly can, and they're getting there. They're making incredible progress. They're just, they're just forever working, uh, forever laboring, and, uh, and that's what they're doing. You know what James Madison said? James Madison said this. He said, oppressors can tyrannize only when they achieve a standing army. Okay, we talked about before in regard to who they're going to replace the police with. Okay, an enslaved press. They've already done that. Okay, so we've talked about the judicial system. We talked about the academia, right? But they've also the press, the media. They dominate the media. An enslaved press, and he says a disarmed populace. Let me read that again. This is James Madison, one of your founding fathers. Oppressors can tyrannize only when they achieve a standing army and enslaved press in a disarmed populace. Wow. Yeah, and that's happening. And so we see groups like maybe Antifa yeah. becoming the new uh, you know, police force in our country. But don't you think it's been somewhat of a psychological uh, warfare upon the mind of Americans that right now, Today, that who would have ever thought that we would be cheering Nancy Pelosi as she's resisting AOC and Rashida Tlaib by saying, no, we need the police department. And everybody's going, wow, way to stand, Nancy. Who would have ever dreamt that we would be yeah. supporting her? I mean, what's happened psychologically? I know. I know. But it's not just Nancy. Joe Biden himself yeah. is saying, no, that's going too far. That's going too far. And who would have thought I would be saying kudos to, to yeah, Joe Biden? That's mass manipulation. I mean, that's propaganda Ma- at its finest. It is. <laughs> it is. Thank but you, it just Joe. Goes to show how, how, it just goes to show how radical the Democrats have become. Oh, man. Ra- the Democrats have become so radical that they are now openly calling for the abolishment of the police. Yeah. And yet and yet the, 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 the conservative, the right – are looking to Nancy saying, hold on yeah. to the police. It, it is really strange. It is really mm. strange. And I almost believe it's a uh, purposeful intent to get people yeah. to cheer her on. It, it's just swaying the masses into yeah. this ideology. How strange is that? You know, they defunded the police in Los Angeles. And it was only last month they decided to renew the budget because there was – the, the crime just went through the roof. Yeah. And so they just, they walked it back and they said, we can't do this. We're going to have to restore the funding. And that's what they did. It's madness. It's madness. But you have to understand who were the people who were calling for this? They communists. They're it, communists. Yeah. Yeah. And when you yeah. talk about the revolution, the singular 
goal for this yep. far left agenda is a revolution. They want what does the revolution produce if they lose the war? I mean, are they banking on winning a revolution with the American citizenry? I mean, if we go to war in an internal revolution, I'm going to divide and conquer, but somebody's going to emerge the the victor. Are they banking on the global community to side with them to bring in the new world order and again advance Bible prophecy? Yeah, well, that's yeah. I mean, like I said before, it's a death of, of a thousand cuts. Cuts. Every single person who is working as a leftist, who are working towards, they are working. They are all working toward the revolution. That's what they want. You know what Sololinsky said? He said, "True revolutionaries do not flaunt their radicalism. They cut their hair, they put on suits, and infiltrate the system from within." Hmm. Wow. That's what that's what Alinsky said. Wow. Yep. Ah, kind and, of what the, yeah. And so they yeah, and so they they're they're war, working towards the revolution. That's what they want. This is what they're working towards. I want to read to you um I want to read to you another quote. Uh and this is again by Saul Alinsky. He says this. He says they have the guns and therefore we are for peace and for and for reformation through the ballot. However, he says, when we have the guns, then it will be through the bullet. Wow. There you have it. Yeah, so they already have their ideology marked out. They have the verbiage. They have the yep. narrative. And they are just putting the narrative to work right now. Isn't that amazing? And, Daniel, would you mm-hmm. agree that if the narrative is now being not only promoted but advanced and they're putting wheels on it, so to speak – that this narrative is leading to end-time Bible prophecy sincerely. Is this moving towards the book of Revelation right now? I mean, talking about a great tribulation? Um, It is in its own way. It is, because you must understand that what is is Satan's ultimate goal? Satan, ultimately, he wants to destroy Israel. And, and he wants to destroy the Jews out of Israel. Okay, he wants the land to be kept there, but he wants the land to be inhabited by his people. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, because we know that when we read in Second Thessalonians chapter two, we read that the Antichrist will one day stand in the Holy Temple, proclaiming to be God, or be, sorry, will be exalting himself over all things to be worshipped. So. Um, we basically they uh, have the expectation. When I, when I say they, I'm referring. Well, uh, I'm coming from the angle in which I believe that the Antichrist will be of an Islamic persuasion. Uh, I I believe that after examining all the different traits and expectations that Islam have of their expected Messiah figure. Um, so when I look at all that and look at all that evidence, I think it's quite clear that the uh, that the Antichrist will possibly be Islamic. Now that said, they have this expectation that he will reign from Al Quds, which is Arabic for Jerusalem. So Islamic holy scriptures believe that their that their um, long-awaited Messiah figure, which is called in Arabic Al Mahdi. Al-Mati, uh, or in um, the Shia call him the 12th Imam. So they believe that he will reign from Al-Quds, which is Arabic 
for Jerusalem. And so um, they're fully expecting that. They're fully expecting that, and that can only happen. They can only get their hands on Jerusalem. Uh, they can only destroy Israel once the sole superpower that stands in their way is removed. And who is that? The United States. America is what stands in between Satan's goal to destroy Israel, to get to Israel. So, and that's uh, that's why. Uh, there is so much focus in bringing America down. Got it. Very good. Well explained. So yeah. uh, I wanted to ask this. If my history is correct, and I'm, I'm speaking in general, I know there have been different moments within the last you know, 2,000 years, but basically it was the Palestinians that dominated the land of Israel for nearly 1,900 years. I know there were wars and crusades and all of that, but um, Israel had not been there dominating their own land. It had been others that had been dominating the land. So what is the significance of Israel returning after 1900 and some odd years to their land? How is that significant according to end time Bible prophecy? It's hugely significant. Okay. Massively significant. Remember what Jesus said. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. So when we think of that, when we, when we think of when Jesus said that, we think, okay, so the society that we are to expect that will precede the Lord's return will just be like the days of Noah. So what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, it was so wicked. It was wicked to the extreme, so much so that you find the saddest verse in the Bible where God said that he regretted making man. Mm. You know, it's going to be that wicked. And Jesus again said in Matthew 24, he says there will be an increase of wickedness, right? So we know that it's going to be extremely wicked. But there's another thing about the days of Noah. When What happened when the, the first raindrops came down? Well, if you work it out, if you look at the, at the story closely, there was a significant man that died that, that, and then the rain came down. Who was that? Well, that was a man named Methuselah. Methuselah. His name in Hebrew means when he dies, it will happen. When he dies, it will happen. So it's interesting that when Methuselah died, when the last of that generation died, the rain came. The rain came. So I tend to think, Vincent, as it was in Noah's time, so it will be in our time. I believe that when the final person of that generation, of the generation of those Jews who were uh, born or in the land around 1948, since the 14th of May in 1948, when that generation dies when the last of that generation dies i believe that we can expect that is when we will uh see the return of the lord i mean who i'm not saying that you know um that we can actually find the oldest person then mm. and then actually predict mm. when he will, will come back i'm not saying that mm. but I, I i i'm what i am saying that i believe that it will follow a similar pattern okay. i believe that it will follow a similar pattern 
So is, is there credence in the understanding that, uh, you know, some people have brought up the idea of the fig tree prophecy, that the fig tree referring to Israel, that they will be the final generation, and that when you see them put forth their branches, you know, that'll be the final generation. In 1948, they were planted. Now their branches are spreading. And does that lend credence to this idea that a generation is somewhere between 70 years and if by strength, 80 years. So are we, cause they're 73 years old right now, as I understand from 48 yeah. to now. Yeah, look, and, and this is why, um, this is why uh, people are looking at the biblical term for, you know, a, a biblical generation. See, uh, there's, there's the case to be made that, a, a, a biblical generation is 40 years. So that's why that, out came that frivolous book in 1988, which was 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you remember that or not. Yeah, it was a mathematical anyway, error, yeah. Yeah, but the guy pretty much disappeared off the scene once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It went into 1989. Um, but anyway... Uh, he came to that conclusion because he believed, well, there was a number of different reasons, but one of the reasons why he believed that is because he believed that the biblical um, generation generation, 40 years, yeah. was 40 years. Yeah, and that's why he came to that. But there are others that are saying, well, no, it's 70 years, but we're past 70 years now. So I don't believe it. it's using that method, methodology. You, you see in the Hebrew scriptures, over and over and over where it says, and when the last of that generation died, right? You see that numerous times. And when the last of that generation died, then such and such. So I believe the same thing will happen in regard to the end times. I believe that when the last of that generation die, that could be the key in which it could either be start the, the it could signal the, uh, the, the, the beginning of the Great Tribulation, I'm not really sure, but it could possibly. Remember that um, Jesus was talking to two generations in the Olivet Discourse. So in Matthew 24 and 25, Luke 21 and Mark 13, Jesus was talking to two generations. He was talking to the generation in the land at the time, but he was also talking to the generation who would be back in the land, right? Because what happened in, you know, um, um, uh, 40 years later or, or actually it was less than that it was less than 40 years about 35 years later Rome crushed Jerusalem and uh, and basically just disp- uh, and kicked out all the Jews that were living in Jerusalem and later in 135 AD um, crushed the rest of the uh, insurrections throughout Israel and that was really the beginning of the diaspora in which the Jews um, were forced to uh, go into exile. But there are, yeah, two generations. So there's the first generation in which Jesus was talking to, and many of the signs that he talked about actually did take place in the lead up to AD 70. But that said, he was also talking to a second generation. It was a second generation of the people who will be in the land. You know what's interesting, Vincent? And I'll just say this as a bit of a by the way. But you know how in uh, Deuteronomy 18, it says that uh, uh, God says to Moses, I'm going to raise up a prophet just like you. And then Moses says to the people, hey, guys, God is going to raise up a prophet just like me. And you need to listen to him because if you don't, you'll be cut off from your people. Uh, and so 
it's interesting because Moses preached to two generations. Jesus preached to two generations, didn't he? Okay. Moses preached to two generations. Uh, what, uh, in regard to entering into the promised land, one of the generations didn't, but it was the second generation that did. Whereas, whereas Jesus preached to two generations as well. Okay, the first generation didn't see the coming of the Lord, but the second generation will, which I think is interesting. Very similar pattern. It is a similar pattern, and I, I'm just looking at something as we're talking here, and I don't know if I you, am going down a bunny trail here or not. I hope not. Um, but I was looking at this scripture over in, and this is where they were coming up with the idea, um, in Psalm 90, verse 10, the days of our years are threescore and ten, so we have seventy years, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's eighty years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. So I was looking up the idea of if by reason of strength, eighty years. Now Israel's seventy-three years today, and this is the principle they were using, and if by strength is the Geborah, the Geborah in the Hebrew, and it means by force, by victory, by valor, by mastery, by power, by might. And so is it that with the opposition against Israel uh, since 1948 that they have remained in, in the time of their years is 70, but if by strength, if there's might, if there's mastery, force, victory, power, 80. And I think that's where some people were coming from. So my point is it seems like if you go with that idea uh, and again, we're trying. I'm not trying to figure, put dates on anything. It's just interesting that that scripture was connected to the fig tree prophecy. Seventy years, eighty if by strength. If you get the victory, if there's force, if you know the United States comes behind you and builds you up and holds you up and all that stuff. Uh, but we're still coming to the end of that generation between seventy and eighty years within a very near timeline. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, that'll be interesting because it'll it'll bring us to approximately 2028. Yeah, you know, so that's uh, that's only seven years from now, and it doesn't have to go that far, necessarily. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we could be right at the so door. It, we, we could be. What was that psalm again? Psalm ninety. Let me get back to it again. That was Psalm ninety, and this was yeah, it was very profound. Um, ninety verse ten. Signed ninety verse ten. And that's where uh, where I first saw this whole idea. Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Yeah. Mm. So there's a, there's some there's a connection there. So seventy three. Yeah. Mamma mia. Yeah. We just looked at the way that things are heading up now. You well, yeah. remember that um, in 1930s Germany, the people then wouldn't they. they they wouldn't have in their wildest dreams that their country could just change as much as it could and that a man could just send the power the way that he did so quickly. Yeah. And it happened very quickly. Um, in fact, uh, what we're seeing now throughout America with the, with the uh, censorship and the shutting down, the, uh, the cancel culture, cancelling people because they have the wrong view or cancelling them because they spoke out, you know, mm. uh, where is all this leading? Uh, and, and, and that's the thing. It can happen very, very quickly. Within a few short years, 
the fascism that is that is growing, uh, that is that is festering, will just become. Yeah, it, it'll gain traction, and it'll morph into something much more dangerous, guaranteed. Absolutely. So with all these different prongs that are coming against us, another very hot topic all over the world right now is what's going on with the COVID passport or the, uh, the ability to travel in Canada. We are hearing reports in Canada. We have friends that actually have been here. They travel all over the world. They're missionaries, Chris and Maxime Bruchot. Uh, they live in Canada. Yesterday, we got a text message. Please pray for Canada. They want to shut the entire nation down. They want a mandatory vaccinations. They've taken over the airport. Um, we hear about pastors there that are resisting the police that are coming into their congregations because they're gathering together. And, you know, out of the north shall it come. So uh, we are noticing a confusion right now with the Johnson & Johnson vaccination because of blood clotting. We're hearing from our own friends and families right here at home. Uh, we can't have the job that we've been at for so long if I don't get the uh, the vaccination. So we have this confusion, this, you know, this massive debacle with this. Daniel, do you see the vaccination becoming mandatory? Because I listen to the news on all of them, and they're all saying, oh, Joe Biden, we had to slow down the uh, Johnson & Johnson, and that's going to hesitate getting everybody vaccinated. And all the news medias, every one of them are like full forward, getting everybody vaccinated. It's necessary. What do you see in all that? Gosh. Um, and are they doing that in Australia, well, by the way? No, no, no. There was a bit of a back. There was a. There's a lot of pushing back here. Oh, good. Uh, and, and by the way, we're very fortunate because we don't even have a COVID case here in Australia in, in the entire country. Wow. So we're we're very we're very fortunate. Um, but there is there is a lot of pushback. Scott Morrison, who is our prime minister, mentioned that uh, the vaccinations would be mandatory. He, he initially said they would be mandatory, but then there was a huge backlash huge backlash and he backed off it he says i uh, uh no no he said no 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 they won't be they won't be mandatory and so i think um i think they're scared <laughs> yeah they should be I, I would think yeah i think they're scared i don't think they're going to push this mandatory vaccinate this uh, vaccine passport but here's the thing here's the thing if other countries adopt it it basically means that um, Australians would not be able to travel to these other countries that are demanding the, the passport. That's right. The vaccine passport. So that is going to be very, very interesting. And then they release so, a genuine plague. You know, because these yeah. people obviously are twisted enough to actually send a real plague into the rebellious mm -hmm. areas of the world that won't capitulate to the agenda yeah right yeah and this is yep. joe biden getting his lead from barack obama he's the guy he's the real president barack yep. obama is that correct i think it's fair to say that okay i think it's fair to say that i think uh you know um obama was interviewed by stephen Colbert. stephen Colbert, and stephen Colbert says oh you know just you know what they do? They fawn, they fawn over Obama. They just drool over him. And they said, oh, we'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you back. And Stephen Colbert says, would there be any chance that you could possibly uh, offer advice to the new incoming Democrat president? And they, he said, and, and Obama was like, oh, you know, 
he says, well, if the uh, if the occasion arose, he says, uh, you know, if it meant that I had to wear an earpiece, if I had to wear a, if I had to have a, if I could have a microphone and the president could have an earpiece, then, you know, I, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Hmm. He mentioned it. Yeah. He's already doing it. I can find it. <laughs> yeah. He's already doing it. Yeah. yeah I'll, well, know. The, the, the press secretary already admitted and said that uh, Biden is having multiple conversations with Barack Obama. She already admitted it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so this is this is a this is Obama's this is his uh presidency mark two. This is his second bite at the cherry. This is his basically this is his third administration. Yeah. And I think you were bringing up the fact and I know True News and some other organizations are doing it um in their refined position uh that you know Barack Obama wants to go to war with Russia. And someone's asking in the chat room right now, is the Muslim movement on the move again? Daniel, why have we seen three, four years of basic silence with Islam, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas, ISIS, Daesh? Why has it been so silent when it was such an issue at one time? Is it just being politically maneuvered? Yes. Uh, The reason why it's so silent is because Trump – basically put a lid on it okay so basically trump uh pushed back all of obama's efforts to uh you know the arab spring was all the result of obama's foreign policy the arab spring uh in regard to the rise of isis obama indirected indirectly played a role in the rise of isis so uh, I believe that with the Biden administration, you can count it to the bank, take it to the bank, that Islamic State will roar back to life. In fact, the Kurds, the Kurds are already warning that Islamic State is back with a vengeance in Iraq. Just let me um, read this first paragraph of this article on Breitbart. It says, Kurdish General Suwan Barzani warned in an April 6th interview updated Monday that the Islamic State is coming back with a vengeance in Iraq. And while ISIS is currently focused on guerrilla fighting and terrorist attacks on civilians, it aspires to make a powerful comeback and once again control territory as a caliphate. Interesting. Okay. And so we have the wild man, Ishmael, going back to the book of Genesis, and a lot of people believe yeah. that the, out of Ishmael came the Arab nations of the earth. And the wild man yeah. is likened unto the beast. And we know that mystery yeah. rides the beast or controls the beast. So there's some yeah. mystery in operation that utilizes the wild man when it desires and controls it in some way. Can you speak into that? Uh, yeah. In, in regard to the... Um, you're saying in regard to the genealogical genealogical line? Yeah, he's called – God names uh, Ishmael the wild man whose hand is against yeah, the Yeah, that's right. All right, so he's the wild that's ass right. of a man. And so I equate him with the beast, and then mystery rides the beast or controls the beast, um, and that beast being the Islamic reality in my understanding. I could be wrong, but what are your thoughts about that? Is this an Islamic beast that's being controlled by a mystery power? I think um, I think it, the beast is definitely rising, and this is what we're seeing in the world today. These are two satanic spheres, 
two satanic worlds. You know, you've got the Islamic world, but then you've got the, the leftist world. And it reminds me, Vincent, it reminds me of the fact, remember the statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream? Mm-hmm. You had gold as the head. You had silver as the torso and the arms, which was the Medo-Persian, or Babylon was the head. The Medo-Persians were the silver with the torso and the arms. And then you had bronze uh, thigh, bronze um, um, yeah, the, thigh, the uh, sorry, the, the bronze waist, mm-hmm. waist. And then the legs were, two, were iron. Mm-hmm. And then it went down to the, the feet of iron and clay. I think the Iron and clay, well, the, the uh, iron in the feet is the continuation from, from, of that Roman Empire in which what, what, what we see in the Western world today. Um, but the clay, I believe, represents the, represents the Muslim world, the Islamic world, which in its own right is another civilization, it's another empire uh, in its own right. Very, very different from all the others. And that's exactly how Daniel saw his vision in Daniel chapter 7 when he saw the four beasts coming out of the sea. Remember, he saw a lion and then he saw a bear come out and then he mm-hmm. saw a leopard. But then he saw another beast that was terrifying and it was very different from the, from the previous three. And, uh, and it had iron teeth. And I think uh, that's a very apt description in regard to the rise of Islam, in regard to Islam. In fact, um, it was John Wesley. John Wesley actually recounted that vision. Um, in fact, he, uh, I'll just see if I can actually quote it for you. Um, here it is here. John Wesley says, It is not therefore strange that ever since the religion of Muhammad, Muhammad, sorry, Muhammad, Muhammadism. Muhammad, Muhammad, it's actually pronounced differently because they, oh. they pronounced it differently back then. Oh, that's true. Appeared. Appeared in the world, he says, the espousers of it, particularly those under the Turkish emperor. In other words, that's the the former Islamic caliphate under the Ottoman Empire. He says, have been as wolves and tigers to all other nations, rending and tearing all that fell into their merciless paws and grinding them with their iron teeth. Isn't it interesting that he should mention that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely what, what, amazing. What is, yeah, what is the teeth of the beast in that the fourth beast? It's iron. Goes to say that numberless cities are raised from the found, foundation and only their name remaining. That many countries, which were once as the garden of God, are now a desolate wilderness, and that so many once numerous and powerful nations nations are vanished away from the earth. Such was and is at this day the rage, the fury, the revenge of these destroyers of mankind. Isn't that uh, amazing? Speaking of Islam, speaking of Islam. Yeah, it is. All right. So speaking of Islam. So would it be safe to say, I mean, to me, it's very clear. It's a no brainer. You could be a second grader, third grader to get this in our day and age. Now, not yeah. 200 years ago, but yeah. right now. Uh, obviously, China is the red dragon. That's their symbolism. So when the Bible talks about the great red dragon giving power to the beast, to me, it's China maybe joined with red communist Russia, you know, aspects of Russia, perhaps, who knows. But obviously, China's giving power to the beast is the caliphate, the Islamic bloc in the United Nations that you often talk about. 
And then this false prophet would either either be, as some people are claiming, uh, the Pope to be, Pope Francis, to be the absolute false prophet of our times, or would that false prophet come out of Islam and be something, you know, likened to a Muhammad or to that degree? How do, how do you kind of see that, you know, as we look at it right before our eyes? Well, to be honest with you, I don't see the dragon in Revelation as specifically China. Okay. Uh, primarily because the book of Revelation tells us that the, that the dragon is Satan. It's, it's the devil. Definitely the power, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and the, the dragon gives the beast his power. Now, in, when we read in, in the book of Daniel, it says that he does this, but not by his own power. In other words, it's referring that he, he is using a supernatural strength. And we right. know from the book of Revelation that that strength is actually satanic power, that he's operating in satanic power. Yes. So now China, where does China come in? Well, China could be the kings of the East that we see in the book of Revelation. Could they be? Let's let's, let me just interject a thought. Could, be. could China be uh, the mechanism through which this satanic power is working through? They have the symbol of the, the, the red dragon. So is it possible that Satan is operating through China, the communist Chinese party, uh, and that they become that national force that gives power to Islam? Is that possible? Maybe. 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 Okay. Or you could say that, um, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, they'll, he said they'll, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, but the end is not yet. So it could just be another confrontation like we've seen throughout history. Mm. Know. And you know what could possibly happen, Vincent? We know the war is going to come. There could very well be a war between the United States and China. And if that does happen, you know what could happen? And I'm saying this, I'm speculating. Sure, sure. But, but it, what could happen is that the United States and China basically cancel themselves out. Both of them going toe-to-toe. Uh, you know, if China taking on the might of the United States, you know, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, if China attacks preemptively, yeah, it'd be interesting, but I think America. Well, it, gosh, it depends because Biden is so weak. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, who knows? I mean, China could be left very, very weak after a confrontation with America. Well, the whole idea. Come, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The whole idea behind this great war yeah. is to reduce the population of the world, so it would be global World yeah. War Three. Reduce the population so that that yeah. new world power, that satanically inspired power, uh, where Satan yeah. is literally manifested on this earth, being cast out of the heavens onto the earth, he's operating through some governmental system that begins to control the world, the mark of the beast, the worship of the nations towards this one superpower, all satanically inspired. Yeah. That's pretty clear, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's what the Bible says. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. China could definitely play a role. There's no question about that. But it um, could be someone else. It could yeah. be someone else. Okay, or you something know, else. We, we, we know we, not much is said. Not much is said about the first half of the seven years. First of all, we're going to ask the question, why, why is there so much talk about the seven years? Well, there's talk about the seven years because in Daniel 9, it says that the Antichrist will make a covenant with many for one seven. 
Okay, that's why. Because he'll make a covenant with many with one seven. And that's how we come with, up with the idea of seven years. And so well, one seven, when you look at Daniel's 70 weeks, one seven is seven years, all right, seven years. So what is interesting um, is that he will cut it off in the middle. In the middle, it will be cut off. And so we know that there will be that cutoff point. And Daniel talks about that, uh, about the period of time of where he says times, times, and half a time. Uh, we know that in the book of Revelation, it uh, also mentions times, times, and half a time. In the book of Daniel, it actually mentions the days. It actually mentions the days, as does in the book of Revelation. It also mentions the days, except the days are different. And Daniel is a short fall. Um, as it also does in, the, in Daniel chapter 12, is a little bit of a shortfall. But, see, we know there's going to be seven years. Now, we know what's going to happen in the latter half of the seven years. Okay, that's easy. That's the Great Tribulation, right? We all know that. The last half of the seven years is going to be massive, massive tribulation. Jesus said that uh, it will be that bad that the time will have to be cut short. Otherwise, there'll be nobody left. So if we know so much about what's happened in the first half of the seven years, what's happening in the first half of the seven years? Well, we find out what's going on in the first half of the seven years in Daniel 11. Daniel 11 details the military maneuvering, the military maneuvering of the Antichrist moving throughout the Middle East. And the, the, the people that he is confronting, uh, he, he, he has basically confronts a so-called king of the south, uh, which I believe it could very well be Egypt because we know that Egypt is, is in an alliance with Israel at the moment. Um, and so, in fact, Egypt is one of the very few countries in the Middle East that does have a peace agreement in place uh, with Israel. Mm. So Israel has... Uh, Egypt has stuck up for Israel on many occasions, and particularly with in regard to the uh, Palestinian uh, uprising, in regard to the pa- Palestinian conflict. Egypt has always has sided with Israel. So what could happen is that uh, um, the Antichrist would basically go to war against Egypt. Uh, and we, when you read Daniel 11, it says that the King of the South will basically will be overcome, overwhelmed by. By the, uh, by the king of the north, which is the Antichrist, uh, as was the case in the intertestamental period with Antiochus Epiphanes, or some pronounce it Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, and that's exactly what he did when he went to war against Ptolemy uh, in the, um, in the uh, who was based in Egypt at that time. And then he returned back and, and uh, attacked, attacked Israel, in particularly Jerusalem. In fact, he slaughtered over 40,000 people when he returned back from Egypt to Israel. So I believe that there is going to be a similar pattern. We, we, can, we can have a very good idea by his military maneuverings by reading Daniel 11 and by reading by what he does in that particular chapter. It's very, very, very detailed. In fact, I would say that the, the first half of Daniel 11 it offers exquisite detail in regard to the intertestamental period, which is the 150, 100, 200 years, 200 years of the um, of the clashes between the two dynasties, between the the Ptolemy, sorry, the um, the Seleucid Empire and the Ptolemy Kingdom, 
the Seleucid Empire and the Ptolemaic Kingdom because they were at war with each other, right? And uh, it's just incredible, Vincent, when you look at the exquisite detail that Daniel says because he's he's saying this before it all happens. He's saying all this before it all happens. And what is amazing is, is that he even mentions that there will be these two specific political marriages and that was confirmed with the marriage of Berenice, uh, the the the, uh, the Ptolemaic uh, um, princess Berenice, who was married to Antiochus the Third, also known as Antiochus the Great. And uh, and what happened was is that um, Antiochus the Great had to divorce his first wife, uh, Laodice, divorced her to marry Berenice. There you go. And look, Daniel Daniel is saying exactly this is exactly what happens. And then there's another political marriage, and this is with the uh, Seleucid a princess was given in marriage to the Ptolemaic kingdom. By the way, that Seleucid princess was none other than Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Was none other than Cleopatra. A lot of people think that Cleopatra was Egyptian. She's not Egyptian. She's actually Greek. She's a Seleucid princess. So, but she became a Ptolemaic princess, and she basically... Uh, um, favoured that kingdom she became part of that kingdom she basically didn't do any political favours for her, her family back in the in the Seleucid Empire so it's interesting I'm only saying all this because yeah. the biblical prophecy is phenomenally accurate right incredibly accurate it's accurate to the to the minute detail and, and that's absolutely amazing so I think somebody would be asking and or thinking Okay, so how does Daniel's prophecy line up for today? Now, I know the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation are hand in glove, and right in the middle of both of those is Jesus telling us that in the last days there would be wars and rumors of wars. That was one of the signs of the times. So are there particular wars going on in Daniel 11 that we could look at today and see that this movement, the rumors, the wars, is is there a connection there? When you read Daniel 11... Antiochus or Antiochus Epiphanes actually attacked Jerusalem or attacked Israel three times. He went to, he invaded the, it calls it the beautiful land. He invaded mm-hmm. the beautiful land and he invaded it three times. When you, when you read it carefully, um, and uh, there is also that, that ongoing war with the king of the south. So as I mentioned before, I think Egypt is going to Now, once the Antichrist captures Egypt, okay, Egypt will then actually be against Israel today in today's uh, world it, well it will be once the Antichrist captures it um, and, and it will be very much against Israel and that Antichrist be, uh, I'm sorry for the inter- interruption but that Antichrist would come out of maybe Turkey the the, the leader of the caliphate possibly okay possibly okay. but remember also because we know that in Micah as well as in Isaiah the Antichrist is referred to as the Assyrian mm. As the Assyrian and the Assyrian, all that land out there was fraught, was under the Potomac Empire. It was all under the Potomac Empire. So um, you know, look, the Assyrian is just one of thirty-three idioms in the Old Testament that refer to the that refer to the Antichrist. Oh, that's good. Wow. So listen, um, it could be it could come from that region in the region of Assyria could very well come out of that particular region. And what is the capital of Assyria? The capital of Assyria was Nineveh, none other than Nineveh, and that is modern-day Mosul. And who captured Mosul? Islamic State captured Mosul. Mm. And Islamic State 
wife. So Islamic State could reassert its influence over Mosul once again, once again, and the Antichrist could very well come out of that out of that city. And Amen. that would literally fulfill the fact that he is the Assyrian and he is also the king of the north, in which he will then launch his attacks against, uh, you know, for, he, it says that he will sweep through nations like a flood. And it says, but it, but it says something also interesting. It says that Ammon, Moab, and Edom will be delivered out of his hand. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. There's a lot to ponder. There is a lot to ponder. And there's so many different mm. camps. You know, will the Antichrist come out of the revived Roman Empire and all these different things? And, no. you know, right. Yeah. Explain that. Explain why and the not. reason why we know that. Well, we know that he's not going to be Roman. And I mean, the reason why. Well, there's two reasons. First of all, because there is the assumption that um, with the legs of iron. Okay, so they when they look at the legs of iron, they say, okay, well the legs of iron are the Roman Empire. You've got the you've got the West Western East. Roman mm-hmm. and East. Yep. So they think, well, you know, and then there's the continuation of the iron into the feet. So they think, well, the Antichrist cannot, is obviously going to be part of that. The, now the major reason why they think that is because of Daniel nine. I think it's Daniel nine thirty seven. I think, and and basically it says that the prince that is to come will be. The prince that is to come, um, the prince that is to come, who will destroy the city and the holy temple. The prince that is to come uh, will destroy the city and the holy temple. Okay, so if that's true, and it's talking about the prince that is to come, now this is talking about the Antichrist. Okay, okay. so who destroyed the city and the holy temple in 70 AD? Uh, we it know that that Romans. was yeah that was um, our friend. It was the Roman. Yeah, Titus. It was the Roman. It was it was Titus. Mm-hmm. So so Titus, uh, along with I think it was five legions, five Roman legions, surrounded Jerusalem and, and attacked it. Exactly as Jesus said. Jesus said, when you see armies surrounding Jerusalem, you know that it's desolation of near. And that's precisely what happened. So they think, well, it was the Romans that did it. So therefore, the prince that is to come will be Roman. He will be Roman. Let me just add one other thought. Okay, one other thought. I was taught many years ago by an archaeologist, a geologist, so these people that studied all these ancient things going back to the Sumerian tablets, that the Romans were actually intrinsic in building Turkey. So that Turkey actually yeah. has a romantic touch to it. Yeah, that's okay. That's so, true. Okay, go ahead. That's true. In fact, the Romans developed much of the world throughout that area in Western Turkey, um, which is known in Hebrew as Yavan. Yavan. Yavan right. But originally, um, originally, Western Turkey was all Greece. It was part of Greece. Uh, in fact, all that area was it was originally well actually go even further back it was Persian, but then when Alexander the Great came down in his conquests, he conquered and captured all that area, and all that area became part of Greece um but yeah, you're right it, look the Romans came and Romanized all of that area all through there um and um basically ended the the rule of the Seleucid dynasty um and and later the Potomac. Uh, kingdom all that came to an end as well 
and the and Rome pretty much dominated the region. And the um, the Hasmoneans had a very brief period of independence for about 150 years, and that came to an end with Rome. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I forgot what, what I was talking about. So as about. as we tie this all up together, because it's getting late for you right now in Australia, you're at past midnight. So as we tie this yeah. together, you know, it 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 yeah. strikes a fire in my heart to study Bible prophecy more. And you just did this whole study mm-hmm. in the book of Daniel, which is phenomenal. People should get a hold of that. And it inspires me to keep teaching because what I hear you saying, what I agree and what I believe, mm-hmm. even though we're students, we have a lot more to learn. I believe that mm-hmm. the book of Revelation is 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 the it's you know here's the epoch times right here's the epoch times well the book of revelation is kind of like this it's it's right there and we need to look at it we need to interpret it we need to understand it and see how dualistic prophecy is taking place back in babylon now babylon in the future um and so all of these things are uh, for our learning our admonition while at the same time our personal walk with jesus christ becoming like him in our nature, being born again, all the beautiful realities of eternal life, our names written in heaven. I mean, Daniel, what a phenomenal thing. But to understand the times, Jesus wants us to understand the times, and that's your ministry, understanding the times. And so uh, here we are. Final thoughts before we have to get on. Well, you know that the book of Revelation is one of the only books in the Bible where it actually offers a reward for reading it. Yeah. Amen. You don't get any reward for reading Habakkuk. <laughs> By the you way, you don't get any reward. No. <laughs> you don't get any reward for reading Obadiah. Yeah. Right? But you get a reward for reading Revelation. You certainly do. So, you know, hey, by the way, blog. yeah. I like your backdrop. Where'd you get that from? Is that a curtain? <laughs> it is a curtain. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's, it's cur- a curtain, and I think I need to pull myself together. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, the Lord bless you and your ministry. If some, did you record your Bible study for the Book of Daniel? I did, but it's not published yet. Oh, it's not published. Is your book published yet? Yeah. We gotta get you. It, uh, listen, you need to kick me up the backside. I'm going to. Done. Are you kidding me? I need some, the information. I need some, I need some robust right. encouragement. All right, here's what we're gonna do. I'm going to fly over to Australia, and I'm going to encourage you to get your work done because before everything hits, people have to be able to know. You have come up with through the years the most incredible insights to the moments that we're living in. And I think, you, you know, we think, well, I spoke that three years ago, and that's gone. I'm telling you, they are headliners today. You've got to get that book accomplished, and people need to be able to go and listen to your Daniel study so everybody pray for Daniel to get caboosed and moving forward. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. All right, appreciate brother. It. I love you, man. I appreciate you Me coming too. on the air. We'll talk more. I like the conversation. <laughs> that's good. Get some rest. And good. Thank all you, right. brother. Be blessed. Bye-bye. You too. Shalom. All right. That's it for us today. I think we're gone. I don't know. Patricia, are you there? Patricia, are you even available to talk right now? Well, yes, uh, I had a neighbor, Daniel. First of all, he is such an absolute blessing, and we're thankful that God put him in our lives. Secondly, I wanted to ask him how he sees the book of Ezekiel 38. Oh, that would have been a good one. That would have been 
That would have been a good one. He's off the air now. I'll reserve that for him. And uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's your heartbeat, Patricia Joy. No doubt about it. We're going to get into that. We're going to actually study that. I think you and I on the air together uh, and apply it to today. And let's see what we come up with and what we could present to the body for their uh, further preparation and looking at the signs of the times and seeing, you know, when you see these things come to pass, then there are certain instructions that God gives us. So, all right, my dear, thank you. I'll put that out there. Daniel's gone. I'm going. God bless you. All right. Say goodbye to everybody. All right. So goodbye, everybody. We'll see you. I'm sorry. We're, uh, Facebook took us off. I don't know why Facebook took us off. We're, we're good. We behave ourselves, right? But they, for some reason, didn't like something about something. And I'm not really interested in finding out what their problem was. But we're going to continue to broadcast on YouTube. And then we're going to be on uh, several different platforms, one of them Rev Media. And it was in conflict with the video. That's why I just haven't been using it. But we're going to shift into that. Uh, We're thankful for YouTube keeping us on the air. We're going to continue broadcasting these end times. And we're going to keep doing it every day that God gives us the energy and strength and wisdom to do so. Right now on OmegaRadio.org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They don't have power over that. OmegaRadio.org. There's a roundtable discussion right now. All these conversations that we've had with Daniel Steckham throughout the years and so many others like Carl Gallups and, and, and uh, Mr. Anderson and other people that we have had on the air. It's playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week on OmegaRadio.org. And I'm telling you, those ancient broadcasts two, three years ago are headliners today. You might want to go back, listen, be refreshed, and, um, you know, praise the Lord. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow right here on YouTube, Omega Radio and Blog Talk Radio. I'm Pastor Vince. Shalom. God bless.